Welcome to Talking Pictures Trivia, the podcast in which a group of geographically challenged friends explore movies through trivia as an excuse to keep their friendships alive. I'm one of these friends, and today's host, Nick, and with me is... Tom. KJ. And Pat. For those joining us for the first time, we start off each episode with a movie quiz, as these four rapid-fire trivia questions will determine who earns today's trivia crown. The first question is worth one point, and each question after that is worth one more point. Then we'll follow it up with a theme discussion, this week being films making more money internationally. Tom, tell us about today's movie. Walking up to theaters in 2016, we would have had to choose between The Secret Life of Pets, The Angry Birds Movie, X-Men Apocalypse, Alice Through the Looking Glass, In China, The Mermaid, and today's movie, Warcraft. We are in the peak CG can solve anything in movies era. Nick will be our questionnaire today. Nick, what is Warcraft all about? For fans of the sword and sorcery fantasy genre, the decade spanning 2010 through 2020 left much to be desired on the big screen. The Hobbit films were underwhelming compared to its predecessor, the Lord of the Rings trilogy, whose one golden ring to rule them all is truly the gold standard of the genre. Then there were some Dragonheart sequels, a few animated features, and today's film, Warcraft. If you were an audience member in the U.S., you were confused. If you were an enfranchised fan who grew up playing Warcraft and other Blizzard Entertainment games, you were disappointed and confused. But if you were in the audience in one of the global markets, particularly China, this is one of the best films of the year. Finally, to satisfy my responsibility of providing a plot summary, the orcs needed a new home as their homeworld was decimated by bad magic. So they used more bad magic, the same kind that decimated their homeworld, to come to Azeroth. The orcs then want to decimate the humans who inhabit it, but the humans fight back as they don't want to be decimated. Decimated. Do you know what decimated means, actually, originally? Kill all but one-tenth or just one-tenth? You only kill one-tenth. And so what you would do <laughs> is if there was a, uh, a murmuring of rebellion amongst the Roman army, you would select one out of every 10 people and kill them randomly in order to set that down. And so that's what decimate means, to kill a portion of something in order to prevent a revolution. Very different in Azeroth. <laughs> but colloquially, we use it to mean... Yeah. Destroy everything, yeah. <laughs> it's time for question one. What is the name of the magic that is demonic and tropic chaotic and extremely volatile locked in locked in i'm gonna lock into so tom start us up is it fell let's see what kj has to say i had fey magic uh pat i am going to second the fell magic category it is fell magic okay the reason i wanted to bring this one up too i think this may have helped the movie a little bit. If they explained a little bit more about the demonic intervention, specifically the Burning Legion, okay? So they hint at a demon at the end taking over the Watcher, whatever the heck his name is. But if they if they went into yeah. that in detail now, then we wouldn't have a plot for the second movie. Which doesn't exist. <laughs> Wait, can, can somebody explain this to me? I, I'm, I'm already lost. 
What are you talking about? See, that's the point of this film. The fell magic is demonic in nature, and mm -hmm. there is an entity or group of demons called the Burning Legion that are looking to devastate any world that they enter. So they did that in the orcs world, and they're going to do it to Azeroth. So that's that green, nasty magic. At the end, you see that what was I actually just forgot his name. It's the Watcher. What is it? The Guardian. The Guardian. That's what it is. That he actually already was consumed by one of these demons. And that's why when he uh, falls apart at the end there, you can see the demon in that pool, that green pool in his tower. Oh, okay. So there's a separate... But they did not talk about the Burning Legion at all or the true okay. demonic nature. So there's a special species that glows blue that kind of takes over certain people. No, it's not glows blue. There actually are demons, and the fell magic is a demonic magic. And so, if anything, he was possessed at that point. Right. So he's possessed by. So that's ben why he opened Foster's the gate to is... let the orcs in because mm. the the fell or the demons had already invaded the land where the orcs lived. So their real purpose was to open this gate. So that they can now take over this other world. That I got the 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 like opening the gate and coming through. I didn't realize there was a separate species of demons that had possessed everyone. And we're kind you of see it at the over. end when the guardian, like right before he turns back to the normal guardian, there is yeah. a demon in that pool. I got the impression he was corrupted by. I I didn't understand the. There's this the species or, or you something. wouldn't know this unless mm -hmm. you played the games. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So that's my whole point of as I'm asking the questions, I think subconsciously I was trying to figure out a ways to fix the film <laughs> or point out where it went wrong. <laughs> so that's one. We don't get that. <laughs> it's time for question two. Which clan was extinguished by the horde for conspiring with the humans against the orcish? Warlock Gul'dan. Locked in. I don't freaking know, man. Uh, they did say the name a few times, so it's not like I'm gonna I'm gonna lock in, but I think cut. I have the person's name, not the clan. But I'm gonna say it anyway. Extinguished? Like they're gone? They're out of here? They don't exist they, anymore? They were they were decimated. They were decimated. <laughs> they were decimated. Not the Roman decimated. The colloquial. <laughs> like there's none left. Well, there's about ninety percent of them There's not many left. left. <laughs> they okay. were there may there may be another question regarding this Who's answer. Left? Okay, okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> locked in, but I. KJ, start us up. Is it the black hand? The black hand. I, I have the same answer. <laughs> I thought that's it. <laughs> I have the exact same answer. The black and I, rock. I, the black. And rock. I have the same sentiment as well. The black <laughs> Pat. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Frostwolf. It's definitely Frostwolf. The guy with the black hand was a different clan. So what happened was the Frostwolf clan was led by Duratown, and he wanted to create an alliance with the humans to fight Gul'dan because he was the one that was corrupted by this demonic force. Is Duratown the father of Moses? Oh, yes. Orc Moses. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes, he is. So, <laughs> so so the big thing in Warcraft, you'll always hear like two sides. And one of those sides is for the Horde. So that's what I was thinking of with this one. But the Horde has a management problem at this point. <laughs> so yeah, 
that's the situation there. So that adds further confusion of who is on what side and who is good and bad. They're also indistinguishable green CGI things. I couldn't I couldn't tell them apart. I had to count the like the earrings in their husks in order to see who is who. <laughs> um, but they have such little personality differences as well, as well as physical differences that after a while you're like, this is just a bunch of green things yelling at each other. The inner the inner politics of this are are kind of confusing. I'm guessing this is is this all in the game? Is it in vanilla? Or is this all No, in this one? is this is actually this is one, I mean, right? Pat, you might be able to go into but this is one. This is not even This is about 20 to 30 years before World of Warcraft. Yeah. Yeah. Story-wise, not game-wise. I think what the difference between one and world yeah. is 10, 10 years, right? 94 probably. 24? Something like something mm. in that area. I'm more familiar with Warcraft 2. In fact, I don't even know if I've actually played Warcraft 1. Uh, you can't you 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 wouldn't be able to go backwards. It's a very different. It's definitely one of those that progressed. Uh Yes, game, Warcraft 2 was a award-winning game. It would be like it would be like playing Call of Duty and then going back to Call of Duty 1, which is like Minesweeper. Like that it's, it's like a very, <laughs> they're very different games uh playstyle-wise. Even with the plot of this, because last week I was saying in our first impressions that they put the cart before the horse here in the sense that they were trying to build a franchise before they had a solid enough movie to do it. I almost thought of Star Wars, how George Lucas started in the middle because he thought it would be a more interesting story and then worked backwards versus if he just jumped into uh, The Phantom Menace, like that'd be weird. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So that really jumped out at me when I was watching this one. It's time for question three. How many races in the Alliance participated in this initial conflict with the Orcish Horde? How many? So the Alliance, uh, the um, is that the Australian guy and the and Dominic Cooper? Answer the question. The Australian guy. Who's the Australian guy? The main, the main knight, the brother of the queen. Well, the Alliance. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna say locked in. Locked in, I guess. I'm gonna, I guess I'll lock in. Tom? I'm not, not entirely sure what's going on. I'm gonna say three. I think there's elves, there's like a dwarfish, dwarf like, gnome like thing. And then there's humans. KJ? Well, if this is based on the first game, I'll say one. Pat? Um, I, it's been that long since I've watched the movie, so I don't remember how the movie portrays it, but. I'm going to go err on my safe side, which I feel is wrong, but I'm going to say four. Okay. I would love to be proven wrong here, but I actually think the three points are going to go to KJ because this conflict is only between the orcs and the humans. Only at the end, when, when a new king is crowned, do they scream for the alliance and everyone else helps to participate, the dwarves and everybody, the gnomes. Oh, what is the alliance? Ooh, that's a... So everyone in Azeroth, there's different races in Azeroth, say, mm -hmm. hey, we now have to all join together against this orcish horde. But the first film, which is the only film, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> is only the humans versus uh the orcs tom in so, the original game they didn't have the budget or to either technical expertise or graphical power to have anything more than just humans and orcs but by warcraft 2 they added the elves the dwarves um whatever was gnomes? flying on the griffins no i'm trying to i think it was just the elven archers 
Weren't the gnomes the ones that? Oh no, that was the other ones that blew up the sappers. That was the other side. That was on the orcs. We're going off, but <laughs> topic. <laughs> but yes, this one it was it was orcs versus humans. That means Pat and I are tied. Yeah, and it could be anybody's game. <laughs> that was my that was my for the alliance question because the one before that was for the horde. <laughs> so we got the burning legion, the horde, and the alliance. So so I'm oh, I'm trying to piece this movie together for people. To kind of see what should have happened. Do, do people in the game scream for the Horde and other people scream for the Alliance? In World World of Warcraft, that is a very keep, big thing. They just keep yelling that? People do it in the real world, too. Yes, kind of weird. yes, ah. yes. They are very close to their characters. That's ah. more of a, an RPG game versus a tactical strategy game. In the strategy games, you would make units, Tom, and every time they come out, they would say something. So, for example, the two-headed ogre would say, I'm ready, master. I'm not ready. I'm not <laughs> zog, zog. so there was probably somebody like the elves might have said for the alliance there was somebody right who did say that i'm pretty sure somebody did that let's move on <laughs> <laughs> okay so we have a tie game here between kj and pat tom theoretically still can do it too right i might be able to yeah, four and one is five. So if Pat and yeah. I miss it, yeah, so mm -hmm. we can do this. Let's go for it. This got to be a, a simple question mm -hmm. that really gets to what the heck is this movie doing? It's time for question four. Who remains of the Frost Wolf Clan? Remember KJ when I was trying to cut you off? This is why. Yeah. At what point? At the end of the film. Okay. Who remains? Of the Frost Wolf Clan, locked in. Locked in with I think is going to be a pretty good guess. I'm pretty proud of myself right now, audience. We'll see if it pays off. I'm glad you're proud of yourself. <laughs> yeah, no, this is. I'm feeling. <sighs> I'm gonna say locked in. Okay. So Pat, you're gonna have to lead lead the charge right. here. Um, I don't. Again, it's been a while since I watched the movie, so I don't actually know uh, if they name him in the movie but i'm gonna go with uh orc baby moses thrall okay and i think it was was it tom then kj okay tom <laughs> I, i'm also going with orc moses kj i have a little different answer than you guys we'll start with who i also thought was might have been thrall patrick because there was supposed to be a graphical adventure game based on thrall so i was hoping that might have been sorry thrall. Orc Baby Moses is Thrall. I just yeah. didn't know if they name him in the movie. Yeah. I don't oh. remember if they named him. Okay. Because he doesn't, that's not his name in, that's not his birth name. Okay. He doesn't, Thrall yeah, they, is the they name don't he's say given. Thrall in the movie, but I was hoping that. Right. So Thrall's the name he gets Thrall. in the second movie. In the second movie. Yeah. It that's didn't exist. That's what they exist. named him. Oh, maybe in the credits. All right. But there was somebody else. Um, the half human, I guess, half orc lady. I think was of the same clan and she's still around. In fact, I think she's in charge of everything. So I think there's two. Nobody gets the point. <laughs> <laughs> was baby no. Moses not part of that no. clan? Did Doomhammer also live? Oh, damn no. it. I was on the so fence with him. It was baby Moses. <laughs> it was Goel uh, is his name. Yeah, Which I didn't know if they... Very hard. Yeah. I would have I accepted baby Moses or <laughs> to be fair. That's an anagram for Moses. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> and the other one was 
Orgrim Doomhammer. I didn't remember if he survived in the movie. Orgrim grabs Doratan's tusk and rips it out for Goel. So Orgrim Doomhammer also survives. The half-orc lady was not one of the Frostwolf clan. Mm. So she doesn't have to do anything with this. Okay. So, oh man, we have to go to a bonus question. <laughs> I should have just given partial points. <laughs> oh to man, everybody. Well, well, no, we still would have. We still would have had to go. Everyone got baby Moses. It's time for a bonus question. After King Lane's death, Lothar becomes the leader of the alliance. What is his relationship? to the prior queen or the current queen. I don't know how that works. Uh, locked in. I know this one. This is a five pointer, by the way, bonus. I'm going to win. Oh man. There was a, there was a queen in this movie. There was, yeah. and I have a lot to say about it. Actually, it's funny. You should bring that up. There's a line where the King says to the half orc, you said to my wife, it'd be a prize if you, she was killed by her or whatever. You know what I'm trying to say. The king was not in the room when that happened. So he should not have known that information unless his wife specifically went back and said, you know what the half-orc said to me in the jail? <laughs> so, yes, that's another part of the writing of this film that is uh, suspect. I'm going to bring in the hard question for the five-pointer. I'm going to go locked in. Tom's going to win this. I, I'll lock in, sure. KJ, start us up. Nephew? Pat? Sorry, so just to specify, the question was, who is Lothar to the queen? Correct. Okay, uh, Lothar is her brother. Tom? I had the same thing, they're siblings. Oh, they are siblings, but Pat had more points to begin <laughs> with, so he is going to take down this episode. And what an amazing bonus question that was. <laughs> Congratulations to Pat for taking down this episode. To be fair, that's probably where my money would have been. <laughs> so I'm glad you uh, pulled through there in the end. Woo! Nice one, Pat. We'll be right back with our topic of the week, films making more money internationally after this quick break. Join another Talking Studios production, Limited Lexicon, where we play through text-based adventure games. Text-based adventure games were computer games from before computers had graphics. The game uses text to describe a scene, and the player types back how they want to interact with the game. I'll read the text from the computer, and my co-host will feed me commands. This season, we're playing through The Hobbit from 1982 on the ZX Spectrum. Here's a quick sample. I thought uh, a lot about our first command, and I think it should be no print because we don't want to print things as we're going along. I think by default, it's not going to print. And even <laughs> if I did that print, I, where is it going to print to? 1982? I, I would imagine if we go west, we're going to be south of the troll, right? Just south of the troll land. Yeah, let's try it. You go west. The troll's clearing. The visible... Oh, <laughs> we died. <laughs> <laughs> all right the troll the troll saw us and killed us so i think we have to say the answer to the riddle then the answer is dark say dark i think talk to what gold column 
Say Gollum Dark. You talk to Gollum. Thorin says, hurry up. And we died. And we died. So we went northeast last time. So let's go southwest. You go southwest. Visible exits are north, northwest. You see the valuable golden ring. Oh. Wow. Wow. Here. That's wait, wait, wait. perfect. Oh, That's wow. perfect. Limited Lexicon. Coming to your podcatcher and YouTube in late 2022 by Talking Studios. And we're back. So while we all agree this wasn't a great film, I was very excited for this week's episode because I wanted to talk about an interesting phenomenon with this film, that it was a dud, a bomb in the States, but it did amazing internationally, uh, specifically in China, but international markets in general. So just to put some context to this, in 2016, the top three films in the Chinese market were Zootopia, Warcraft, and Captain America Civil War. Zootopia, 36 million, 220 million for Warcraft, which is crazy, and Captain America, 190 million. Now, to compare that to the US, Zootopia did about 341 million, Warcraft only did 47 million, Captain America, 408 million. Uh, to put this in a global perspective, Zootopia did just over 1 billion. Warcraft did 440 million and Captain America did 1.16 billion. So uh, yeah, these are crazy, crazy numbers. Why the heck did Warcraft do better abroad than it did here? Well, we, I mean, we did some of the research on this and this is from an article by Robert Rath who wrote for, for Fanbyte and he's a, a free freelance writer and he kind of picked up on a lot of the kind of um, politics that went into this movie being released and being successful. Um, and it basically was, uh, I mean, his argument is that the cooperation between the Chinese government and certain Chinese companies that bought stock in the movie company allowed this movie to be released in a number of cinemas. I mean, the, the Chinese government selects a number of movies that are allowed to be released every year. 34 Hollywood films are allowed to be distributed in China. And this was one of them. There was a big push and the Chinese government also selects which theaters and when, which release, release dates the movies are allowed to be released in. This was released in a pretty popular holiday weekend. Um, the company China Film Group um, co-produced this with Legendary Pictures. Um, the internet giant Tencent worked with the uh, a Chinese investment group, the Huey Brothers, and bought a piece. And also, um, a company, Wanda, which owns 18% of the cinemas in China, bought up Legendary Pictures, the, the producers of this movie, and then they, they were the owners of Warcraft. So by virtue of the, you know, kind of cronyism going on, Warcraft got a lot of popularity in China. However, it also fell off dramatically after its opening week. It 
dropped off something like 64 to 85% in terms of sales the week after release. So I, I don't know if it was necessarily really popular in China or if it was steered to be the one movie or one of the few movies that people were able to see at that time that had this kind of big popular American release. It seems, according to, to Rath anyway, uh, far more cronyism is involved than a difference in kind of cultures or something like that. You still got to get butts in the seats though, right? Like even if you have all those things in play, uh, what, what's crazy to me is I'm not saying it was the best movie in China because it was in par with the other big American films in that area. But what's crazy is how poorly it did in the States comparable to what it did in China. That's the thing that's crazy to me. Captain America was still big in the States. Zootopia was still big in the States. And they were all in the same league in the China market. But it it it, it kind of is crazy to me. But when you look at the global perspective, I mean, I can't argue with some of the things Tom's talking about because China, unlike the other movies, was half of the total worldwide sales. They did about 440 million. 220 million was China alone, where the other two had comparable sales in China, but a billion when you look at the whole global box office. So it, it is interesting to me. I wonder though, if gaming culture also was a factor because I know people like me who were familiar with it went opening weekend no matter what. And there is a big gaming culture, not only in China, but the Asian markets. And also you have to make agreements with the Chinese government to get your games in, which Blizzard actually had set up. So not only on top of what you're talking about with the government intervention in the film industry, I think there was government inter intervention into what games got played over there too. Does this resonate with yeah, anyone else? That, that, yeah, that's true. There also was a free uh, theme park set up about Warcraft in, in in prior to the release of the movie. So yeah, a lot of this is- It's like a pop-up theme be... park? Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. it had like orc huts and the whole nine yards. <laughs> what? Standing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Why did they do that here? Yeah, marketing on this was crazy over there yeah. from according to that article, mm -hmm. Tom. Yeah. 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 So it it uh I, I I and I can't speak to the gaming culture of Warcraft in, in China, but from you know the research this this writer has done, I, I can only speak to the, the kind of corporate stuff that went on in cooperation with the Chinese government. But I don't know, Warcraft is Warcraft more popular overseas than in America? Do you guys know? You guys are Warcrafters. I don't think so at that time frame. Which time frame? Like 2016. 2016? I would I would say yes. You think um, it was dying down? I I don't know if you would say popular. Warcraft in China is very much a um a job versus here where it's played and and so if you're looking at uh, pure subscription numbers, I would say yes, China has US beat in terms of popularity at any given time um because of the sheer number mm. of people playing in china but if you do it compared to population and also versus playing as opposed to um actually playing slash working farming so is that what you're china, talking about or yeah literally yeah. They, they, it's, there's a lot of gold farmers there's a lot of stuff that happens from the chinese side of things so if you look at a subscription-based number and that might have been why they had pop-up 
uh, theme park over there because it's like, oh, hey, this is where our biggest audience is because all the, well, them play Warcraft. So cool. They'll be more interested in the movie. Well, it worked. <laughs> yeah. So I also just want to mention to put things in time. I never played WoW, but 2016 is when the expansion Legion came out. I don't know if you guys played Legion. Was that a popular expansion? Way I was done way before then. I literally was vanilla. So there was no new races, but they added the Demon Hunter class. Yeah, it was more popular than uh, the one that was. Which one was before? Was that War before that was of the Warlords of Draenor? Yep. Yeah, exactly. there was Legion was more popular. Legion was one of like the. Is considered one of the better ones of the okay. modern so there's some expansions. more synergy mm-hmm. uh pat do you mind just saying for the the ignorant ones among us what do you mean by farmers oh and, yeah and that type of thing that that's fair um so in warcraft uh there is a currency gold that you have to earn to make uh to basically do anything in the game so what people do is they buy gold so i find this really bad item i list it on the marketplace and say like hey i want to sell this for a million gold and uh i go online go find a chinese gold farmer pay them twenty dollars and then they go and they buy my item for a million gold and then basically i'm buying in-game currency which the game at that point did not allow it does now but it does not allow you'll love this tom it's literally virtual economy that's what it was people instead of playing the game were mining or using other strategies to get resources that they could then sell for real dollars yeah and i'd I'd read something about this where there's actually problems with inflation oh yes yes Yes. there was huge inflation problems that weren't designed in the game but ended up happening because of of this phenomena i kind of love this i actually love that That part inflation actually works in artificial worlds as well in addition to simulating economic conditions, there were studies done based on this game. There was another tangential incident where pandemic studies were done because there was some sort of poison in the game that was supposed to be restricted to a specific dungeon. And by a glitch, it got out. And literally everyone in the major cities was getting infected by just coming into communication with them. So it was just like, big phenomenon that occurred at one point and it made like major news headlines that they're like oh like transit transmission rates and all this was before of course covid pandemic times but it was a real big deal they're like wow this is an interesting and they did studies on like how it connected everything it did simulate like a real world environment well Hmm. i'd like to once again congratulate our local point farmer and winner of the week patrick Congratulations. Yeah. Nice. You've been called worse, right? Right, Pat? Yeah. <laughs> Congrats, Pat. No, no. I, I figured mm. you were going to be the ringer for this one. So uh, good job taking this one down. You can rate and review this show anywhere podcasts are available. For those viewing in YouTube land, if you haven't already, please like this video, subscribe to the Talking Studios channel for all our exciting content, and follow us on Twitter at Talking Studios. Check out other shows by Talking Studios, including Keep Making Movies, where we explore micro-budget films, Limited Lexicon, where we play through text-based adventure games, and Get the Point, where we slowly reveal a movie poster and try to guess which movie poster it is. Got a question for us? Call the Talking Studios hotline at 
201-467-8679 and leave a message. It may be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Talking Pictures Trivia wherever fine podcasts are found. Join us next time when we discuss a guest pick, Scott Pilgrim vs. The World from 2010. Stay tuned for our first impressions of this film. Ding, 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 ding. Next week, we'll be discussing Scott Pilgrim vs. The World from 2010. Tom, how was your watch? This is my first watch of this movie, and I hadn't been familiar with the comic books either, which I looked into in combination with watching this. It's it's an incredibly busy movie. I mean, there there isn't a lot of let's say downtime you're you're afforded when watching this. It's um, he uses the CGI that he being the director Edgar Wright uses the CGI. In any one scene, it would be very impressive the way he uses the CGI because it isn't overbearing. It has a certain aesthetic to it and it it is fun in the moment. Um, at, at almost two hours, though, it feels like a very, very long and very impressive guitar riff that simply won't stop and you're waiting for the <laughs> melody to come back. That that was That ended up being my experience of watching this movie was that after a while the um the details were sort of lost in this this ocean that he had created um, that's on theme though too to the movie right sure yes. yeah <laughs> i mean i'm i'm yeah that, that's what he's going for uh, how, how enjoyable that is i suppose is a different question uh heretic how was your watch well, this was probably my 17th watch um, in the last couple of years. Uh, I've seen this movie many times, and I adore it. Uh, I understand it is very much a popcorn fun movie. I feel like it is very immersive in what they're going for, and they kind of hook you and never really let you go. And what it gives me is infinite rewatchability. So what I mean when I say that is I just watched it for the umpteenth million time, and I am still seeing things like I can just find new little things that aren't much, but if you really enjoy it, they really add something to it. And as someone who has actually read the, the graphic novels and played the game and whatnot, there's really a lot of love letter in this to that in the whole universe that they have. And I mean, I adore it. So, Hey KJ, what did you think of it? Yeah. I, I watched this pretty close to when it first came out and I think I was just about I was transitioning in my life from the part where the characters are in, where you're like kind of done with school, but you have no responsibility. So you're kind of, it's kind of like friends, you know, the show friends, it's that part of your life where your friends are your family. There's no, and I think I was, I was just at the end of that. So I, I was, I just, it didn't click with me at all because I was about to start getting married, start getting a real job, all these kind of things. But when I watched it for the show this time, it was really fun. I really enjoyed it. I, the what Tom's talking about the guitar riff constant I liked that too the obnoxious cutaways between the different scenes the the constant writing that kind of came out of things all the time I I really enjoyed looking back at that part of your life where you're kind of dorky nothing really matters you're just kind of wandering around and I I enjoyed it how about you Nick 
This was my first time watching Scott Pilgrim versus Seven Angry Exes. And I will say, <laughs> it is unique. It definitely is unique. But the thing that really jumped out at me is, how the heck did they get all these people to be in this film? So I didn't do the analysis, which I meant to, in the sense of figuring out where in their careers this movie was. But Michael Sarah, Kieran Culkin, Anna Kendrick, Aubrey Plaza, Captain America was in this movie. Chris Evans, like yeah. Jason Schwartzman, <laughs> like what? Oh no, and 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 another Marvel, uh, Brie. What's her oh, name? Brie Larson. And Brie Larson. Larson. Straight, right? They're yep. They're yeah, in it. Like there are a ton of people in this film. So maybe before next week, I'll analyze a little further, like where this was. But I probably don't. Won't. Don't forget <laughs> Bill Hader. Yes. There's, there's like a million people in this movie and they're not all in prominent roles too, which is interesting. Like they're little tidbits here and there. Like Brie Larson wasn't really that big. I mean, they, yeah. she has a big role in his life, Michael Sarah's character, Scott Pilgrim, but we really only see her a little bit. So that's actually my biggest takeaway from this is how the heck are they all in this film? You forgot Superman. Christopher Reeves? No, no Brent. <laughs> yes. It's, no. Um, the the boyfriend, Brie Larson's boyfriend, is played by, uh, I think it's Brandon Roush, I want to say his name is. Oh. Who was not... Superman. Yeah. I didn't catch that. I didn't catch mm-hmm. that one. But, no, yeah. But I nobody cares. Yeah. A <laughs> lot of people. A lot of people. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll chat a little bit more about that, I'm sure, and other things next week. Scott Pilgrim vs. The World is available on Netflix at the time of this recording. Wow, Talking Studios. No, no, I was really thinking how it didn't have to be a bad movie. I mean, they just made it a really bad movie. That's sometimes fun to think of like... The plot, though, the, the plot, like, is... That's the best they could come up with? I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's, it's hard to, but it's just everything doesn't work. Like the acting doesn't work. The scenes, the setting doesn't look good. Like you don't get a sense of that world, except for the one that they stole from Lord of the Rings. The one that looked like the wedding cake city in Lord of the Rings, uh, Minas Tirith. Um, they have one city that looks exactly like Minas Tirith. Wait, why in is this. Minas Tirith the wedding cake? Because of the wedge on the mountain? Yeah, because it looks like a big wedding cake. <laughs> like a slice of... <laughs> Yeah, it looks like a big stack of yeah. <laughs> and when Gandalf's out there, he's the topper. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. What are you doing? I'm doing math. Why? Because it's pivotal to the. No, I'm actually just writing numbers down. Because it's <laughs> steady old. <laughs> it's his favorites. <laughs> he's picking his lottery numbers. <laughs> Twenty-seven. Yeah. <laughs> I'm running the numbers. <laughs> oh, it all makes sense. They're very God, soon. 48? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so close to being divisible by seven. I love it. <laughs> I'm not on the prime numbers. Yeah, three to three. 27. <laughs>